Good morning and welcome. We're grateful for your presence. I apologize for our sound system not working properly today. But hopefully you'll be able to hear. We appreciate so much our visitors. We're always glad to have visitors with us. It might be the case that this is your first time here and we want to welcome you. We want to encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you might have. We're so thankful for those that have placed membership, those that have decided to become a part of the family here, and it is our prayer that we can continue to grow and to abound and to be what God would have us to be in this community. We're so thankful for, we're so thankful for all the blessings of life, and I guess I'd need to say Happy Mother's Day. We're so thankful for you and for what you mean to us. We're so grateful to have so many, so many good mothers making up this church. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have in our society to pay tribute. And we need to pay tribute for all the great blessings that have come our way because of mothers. We're going to be looking today at Proverbs 31. I want us to think for a minute or two about an ideal mother. If you were to draw up a picture of what a mother ought to look like, to me, Proverbs chapter 31 is that picture. And in verse 10 beginning, the writer there provides us with a sketch of God's ideal mother or God's ideal woman. All of us want to try to measure up to divine standards. And I think about the role of a mother. There's probably no more important role than being a mama. To have children, to guide and nurture and instruct those children, to lead by example. Someone has said, and I think it would be the case, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Mothers have so much influence, and I'm grateful for them. And I appreciate those of you who are here today that have striven to live up to the ideals that are set forth in Proverbs 31. I want to begin today by talking about, first of all, the loyalty of a virtuous woman or a virtuous mother. In verse 10, the question is asked, who can find a virtuous wife, some translations say, a virtuous woman? And the response is, her worth, her price is far above rubies. I think about the price of a godly woman, a virtuous woman, something to be treasured in the eyes of God and ought to be treasured by those of us who belong to the human family. I remember hearing many years ago a fellow say to those of us who were in the assembly or in the audience, and he was talking specifically to men. He said, if you have a good wife, you ought to get down on your knees and thank God. By the same token, I would suggest that if you have a godly mama, if you have a good mother, you ought to get down on your knees and thank Almighty God for what she has done for you and what she's meant to you through the years. There's no way that 
we could probably ever adequately verbalize what our mothers have meant to us. But they mean a lot, don't they? A couple of things here. We talk about the price of this godly woman, this virtuous woman. I think about, first of all, her trustworthiness. Listen to what the writer said in verse 11. The heart of her husband safely trusts her so he will have no lack of gain. There's a lot to be said about reliability, trustworthiness, faithfulness, terms that are synonymous with one another. There are some mamas in our world today and in the church that are 100% trustworthy. You can take it to the bank. You know they're going to be there in good times and bad times. The joys, the frustrations of life may come and go, but they're there nonetheless. And then also note, if you would, her thoughtfulness. In verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. When I think about the price of a godly mother, a virtuous mother, or woman for that matter, I think about somebody who is thoughtful, caring, sharing, who has our best interest at heart. And really, that's what being a mother is all about, isn't it? It's always others before self. And so here is, here is this godly lady, and she's going about to make the life of her husband happy. A life of contentment and satisfaction and joy. So we talk about her price. But then there are a couple of other things that I want to just share with you very quickly along these lines. And that is her passion and her protectiveness because I think that the two go hand in hand. When I think about the passion of a godly mother, what I'm reminded of is that every single thing that she does on behalf of her children, and for that matter, for her husband, is motivated by love. You know, when you genuinely love somebody, you'll do anything for that person, won't you? We talk about unconditional love. Paul in Titus chapter 2 talks about how the aged, mature women ought to teach the younger women to love their husbands and to love their children. We live in a world today in which there are a lot of mamas that aren't what they ought to be. And I don't understand when mamas don't love their children like they should. But I'm thankful to God that there are mothers all across our globe that love their children, that love their husbands, and they would do anything for them. They would go to war for their children if the need were to arise. And then, I mentioned not just her passion, but her protectiveness. I want you to listen to what the writer said in verse 27. She watches over the ways of her household. The word watches over really carries with it the idea of spying. So I think about here is, a, here is a mother that is intent on knowing what's going on in the affairs of her household. 
She's protective. She's caring for her brood. That's what a mama does, isn't it? She's constantly seeking their best welfare. You can go to a lot of places in this world, and you meet a lot of people, but you'll let, you, you will be hard-pressed to ever meet somebody that will care for you and literally go to war for you like your mama will. That's how much you mean to her. So her passion, her protectiveness, always caring, always sharing, always sacrificing. And then I think about her labor. We talk about her loyalty, but the writer also, also talks about the labor of a virtuous woman, a virtuous wife, a virtuous mother. The first thing I want to talk about as we consider her labor is the fact that she is a busy woman. When, when, a, when a person brings a child into this world, I'm not sure whether it's a, a mama or a daddy. I'm not sure if they are adequately ready to take on the challenges before them. We talk about being busy in life. Let me tell you what, when you have a child, your life gets amped up unbelievably. As a fellow said one time, life as you once knew it has now ceased. This lady, this virtuous woman is busy. She's busy inside the home and outside the home. There are a lot of mothers today that are bivocational. They work outside the home, but they have responsibilities inside the home. So listen, if you would, to what the writer said, beginning in verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good. Her lamp does not go out by night. And then drop down and look if you would. Verse 21, she's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. So here's a lady that is industrious. And I think about mothers that today are wearing a lot of different hats. We live in a day and time when, quite frankly, many, many mothers have to work outside the home. And they are literally burning the candle at both ends, aren't they? They get up in the morning, they got to get the children out the door. And then they have to go to work and put in a long day at the office or wherever. And then they come home and guess what? They get to cook, clean, wash, dry, iron, make sure the children have their homework. 
get them ready for bed. And then the beauty of it is they get to get up the next day and do it all over again. Let me tell you what. We ought to get down on our knees and thank God for our mamas. She wouldn't do that if she didn't love you. Every time she washes and dries your clothes, irons your clothes, prepares your food, makes you a lunch, whatever she does, every time she does that, she does it because she loves you and she cares about you. I think about a mother literally working her hands to the bone. She's out here in the world and she's working and slaving away and then she comes home and guess what? She has another job. And so, again, this is a busy woman that's spoken of by the writer here. There are a lot of busy mamas all over the world today. And so as children, whether we're young or old, we ought to stop and pay tribute and say thank you. There are mamas that have made it possible for us to have clothes to wear, food to eat, and shelter. And why is that? Because they loved us. Again, think about the words of Paul. Husbands, love your wives. Love your children, yes. But the Bible talks about the mother, the wife, loving her husband and loving her children. So a mama has her children's best interest at heart. And then she's also a benevolent woman. Drop down and look at verse 20. The text says she extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. Here's a lady that is concerned about the welfare of other people. We live in a great country. And while a lot of changes have taken place in our country, some good, some not so good, one of the great, I think, one of the great virtues of living a Christian life is that we can look to the needs of others and try to meet those needs. And here's a, here is a godly mother, a godly woman, and here, here it is, she sees people that are in need, and you know what she's doing? She's trying to meet those needs to the best of her ability. That's what Paul taught in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. In Galatians 6.10 he said, Let us as we have opportunity do good unto all men. And then he said, Especially those who are of the household of faith. So this lady is concerned about the welfare of others. Not just her own family, but the welfare for other people. There's a third thing I want you to see, and that is the lips of a virtuous woman, a virtuous mother a virtuous wife. Look, if you would, at verse 26. In verse 26, the writer said, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. The word prudence comes to mind. Wisdom. Here's the kind of woman that knows when to speak and when not to speak. Solomon talked about it in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 at verse 7. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. Here's somebody that thinks before she ever says a word. Our world would be a lot better place 
if people would think before they ever said one word. Here is a godly, here's a godly woman. She's always thinking about using her tongue to glorify God. Solomon talks about in Proverbs chapter 25, a word fitly spoken. A word fitly spoken. Knowing when to say something, when not to say something. Knowing what to say. And then there is a fourth thing I want to share with you very quickly. And that is her legacy. What is it that makes this lady so special? Let's talk about the legacy of a virtuous mother, a virtuous wife, a virtuous woman. I think what makes her so special is the fact that the writer here says we ought to praise her. And there are some reasons why we're called upon to praise this godly lady. Listen to what he says, first of all. She is to be praised by her family. In verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Remember what I said a minute ago? If you have a godly mother, if you have a godly wife, you ought to get down on your knees and thank Almighty God. It may be the case that you're here today, maybe your mama is no longer with us in this world. You can still thank Almighty God for her great influence in your life. Think about how, think about how mothers literally set the tone in the home, don't they? They have the ability to shape and to mold, to lead, to instruct, to guide. Paul talks about how fathers are to bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Well, let me tell you what, the mama is right there with him. And she's doing her best to, to instill in that child or in those children values. We live in a world today that lacks values. There are people that lack integrity and honesty and character. We talk about how character counts. To think here is a godly lady that has done her job and she has done a superb job. And so her family steps back and they praise her for that. I understand she's not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But she's trying to do her dead level best to be what God would have her to be. And so her children, her sons and her daughters, her husband, they step back, they observe her life, they think about all that she has meant to them and they praise her. There's a second thing. Not only should she be praised by her family, but she is praised because of her faith. Listen to what the writer said. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Now there are a lot of people in our world today, they're worried about one thing, how they look, physically speaking. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that our physical appearance is not important. It is. But what's really important is not so much what people see on the outside, but what they see on the inside. It's a life of faith. A life that has 
been devoted to God. You remember Timothy, when Paul wrote to Timothy in, over in 2 Timothy chapter 1? And he recalled the genuine faith that dwelt first in Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and then in his mother, Eunice. And he said, and am persuaded is in you also. That's three generations of people right there. And Paul's saying that that faith that dwelt in the life of young Timothy was not an accident. But rather here is a mom and a grandmama and they're doing everything they can to instill in that child faith in Almighty God. Now we spend a lot of money on clothes and a lot of money on hair products and other essentials that ladies have and I'm not in any way diminishing the importance of that. But what I'm saying is this. What's really important is how you look on the inside. It's how, how you look not just to God, but to other people. To think about, think, think for a minute about, about beauty. You can be a beauty queen, but you know what? Over time, what happens? I know people don't like to hear this, but let me just, let me just say this. Brace yourselves. You're going to get old. I hate to tell you that, but it's going to happen. And as you get older, guess what? You're not going to look like you did when you were 20, 25, and 30 years old. We might like to think we do, but I have news for you. It doesn't work that way. Paul talks about, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. The things which are seen, he said, are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. There is more to life than how we look. So, she ought to be praised because of her faith. And then there's a third thing. She is praised or to be praised because of her fruitfulness. Verse 31. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Many of us, we can vividly recall all the things that our mama did in the home for us. My mama's here today. And I can tell you she worked night and day to make life better for us. And there's no way that I could ever say to her how much I appreciate all the labor and all the love and all the devotion. That's why I would say to you, when you think about what your mama has done for you, and some of you, some of you are young, I promise you there'll come a day when you'll look back on all the things that your mama did for you in the home You'll be grateful to God if you're not now. 
So we ought to praise a godly woman, a godly mother, a godly wife. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for the opportunity to be, to be here today. We're thankful for the privilege and the power of prayer, for the many prayers that have been answered on our behalf. We're so grateful for the opportunity that we have to think about the influence of mothers all across this land and those in the church. We're thankful for their love, their devotion, their care, their sacrifices. We're so thankful for everything that they do for us and have done for us. And we ask your continued richest blessings upon them. And we pray that we might always express to them how much we appreciate all that they do and all that they have done on our behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. In closing, let me just say this. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, the beauty of the gospel is that Christ died for your sins. He died for all of our sins. The Bible says that if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and we would be willing to repent of every sin, that is, give up a life of sin, confess the name of Christ before others, and are buried with him in a watery grave of baptism, we can enjoy forgiveness. Just like they did 2,000 years ago on Pentecost Day when Peter said, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. When you do that, God will add you to the church. You'll be numbered among the saved. And then if you'll live a faithful life, the Bible assures a home in heaven. As a matter of fact, the Lord said, be faithful until death, and the promise is a crown of life. It might be the case that you're here today, maybe, maybe your life's not what it ought to be, maybe it's not, maybe your life's not gone the way you had anticipated. Could we pray with you and for you? The beauty of being a family, a church family, is we can pray with one another and for one another. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible also says confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another. So we'd be happy to pray with you and for you today as we stand and sing.